We have to go where geeks go. Freeform radio. One of those places is Star Wars versus Star Trek. And if you get into Star Trek, is it, is, is it Kirk or Picard? We had to, yes, we went there. All right, <laughs> let's find out how it resolved. Did you know that compact fluorescent light bulbs use 60% less energy than regular yeah, light bulbs? And then each one saves about 300 pounds of carbon dioxide a year. If all Americans switch to CO2s, we would save more than a billion pounds of carbon dioxide. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Muni Radio in San Francisco. People from all over the Bay Area come to museum's living collection features more than 50 species of non-releasable native California animals. Visitors can see and learn about wildlife such as eagles, owls, bobcats, coyotes, reptiles, and other fascinating creatures. The museum's world-renowned Wildlife Rehabilitation Hospital treats more than 5,000 wild animals each year with the goal of returning them to their native habitat. The Lindsay Wildlife Museum is in Walnut Creek, to learn more, visit wildlife-museum.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Safe sex is more than just avoiding STIs and pregnancy, no matter what you're into. Make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Magazine. I'm Global Val. You're listening to MutinyRadio.fm. Happy Friday, everybody. It's April 1st. And you know what that means? It means it's the beginning of National Poetry Month. Didn't see that one coming, did you? National Poetry Month is celebrated throughout the country uh, to, uh, to uh, give praise um, to poetry, the uh, the often very free verse of, of, our, of our language here, which uh, although it, it leaves a lot of words out, it's meant, I believe, for you to read between the lines. Um, so we'll be celebrating National Poetry Month here on Women's Magazine and on the Common Thread Collective coming up next, of course, here at Mutiny Radio. We're here at 21st in Florida, the corner uh, right here, 21st in Florida in the Mission District of San Francisco, my hometown. And uh, it's always, a, it's always a, a great month to celebrate. We've got... Um, a lot of events coming up. Actually, tonight there's an event at the Beat Museum at 540 Broadway Street in North Beach. Um, the upstairs gallery space is hosting the 16th and Mission St Street Poets. Um, so that show starts at 7 o'clock tonight at the Beat Museum to kick off uh, National Poetry Month. And then uh, we'll see that book ended towards the end of the month with Poems Under the Dome, which is the it will be the 11th annual Poems Under the Dome, which has been held inside San Francisco City Hall for the past 10 years. And it in, we, we refer to it as the mother of all open mics. Uh, it's a citywide event, all ages. People are encouraged to come and participate, basically. You can come, put your name in the hat, literally. It's a big green hat in the back of the room. And if your name gets called, you may get up to the microphone and read one poem 
in three minutes or less. And it could be something you've, you've written. It can be uh, some, an old favorite of yours. Um, but it, it, it does allow us to exercise the First Amendment right inside the halls of our local government. And uh, we're, we, we love being able to do that. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, the end of April, Thursday the 28th. Uh, so we'll have more updates about that uh, as we go along. And we're going along now. That was a podcast from April 1st. Today is April 15th. I'm Global Val here at mutinyradio.fm at the corner of 21st and Florida Streets in the Mission District of San Francisco. And uh, thank you for tuning in to Women's Magazine today. It's a beautiful, hot, breezy day here in the Mission District and, um, you know, it's a it's a fantastic season. Uh, spring comes around, and um, and we always kind of wonder what summer is going to look like. Uh, we never know with weather patterns here in San Francisco. We certainly have seen changes in the climate of San Francisco. I grew up here in the Sunset District, and uh, quite honestly, and I do not exaggerate when I say this, uh, I from age you know zero to eighteen, I. Uh, I saw more fog than blue skies. Uh, these days, it's a different story. Um, I remember coming back from college. I had, I had escaped the fog, um, gone down to Southern California, Central Southern California, to Santa Barbara, where it's beautiful every day. Um, I remember uh, waking up about three months into my freshman year and looking outside and being mesmerized because I saw fog. So anyhow, when I came back, um, I came back I, when I graduated, and uh, and uh, it was a really strange. There was there was this major heat wave, like in January. <laughs> it was really bizarre. It was like hot every day, like at Ocean Beach. I didn't know what was going on, um, but we see that climate change is a real thing. Um, a lot of things still, of course, unpredictable. But speaking of climate change and our dedication to the planet and healthy lives, uh, you can come out on Saturday, April 23rd. I'm going to be the MC for two very special celebrations that happen here in San Francisco every year. And I'm talking about the Cesar Chavez Day celebration and Earth Day San Francisco. Um, both free all-ages events with inspirational speakers, musicians, uh, lots of um, organizations and booths around uh, trying to connect, connect the dots and, and make this a, a more healthy and sustainable and uh, loving planet, huh? What do you guys think about that? Um, so yeah, you should uh, go out to Earth Day or and or Cesar Chavez Day. Again, that's Saturday, April 23rd. That's next Saturday. And um, bring the kids. Bring your grandparents. Uh, bring yourself and get out there. It's kind of interesting this year. Both of these uh, independent festivals have decided to not merge per se, but to, to join together in the morning. Uh, there's going to be participants from, and everyone's welcome, organizers and participants from Earth Day and from Cesar Chavez Day meeting at Dolores Park uh, around 10 a.m. There's going to be a march that starts promptly at 11 a.m. and walk, walking to the Cesar Chavez Day Parade. Uh, the, the stage is at 24th and Bryant Street. Uh, this, I'll, I'll be there to MC for the speakers there starting at 1215. And then, uh, you know, go explore the mission that day. Hang out at the Cesar Chavez Parade or Day <laughs> Celebration um, or cruise over to Earth Day, which is on 22nd Street between Mission and Valencia. Um, last year was the first year at that location. It used to be at Civic Center Plaza, but uh, the, the new location in the Mission District is, I think it's, it's even more friendly. Um, uh, it just feels really homey, uh, but it's great because you have such an, an international vibe because everyone's looking out for not just the local communities and their families, but those communities and families around the planet. This is our home, folks. So welcome to Women's Magazine today. Happy Friday. Here's a little music for you. Hope you like it.
say something. I'm Global Val here at Mutiny Radio. Thanks for tuning into Women's Magazine today. And uh, speaking of saying something, it is National Poetry Month. And I don't know if you know this, but there's an international movement called 100,000 Poets for Change. It was started by Michael Rothenberg, who's right here in the Bay Area. It's an event that takes place every every September, actually. And it and it and uh, basically, it's groups and, and countries, people from different countries around the planet who uh, organize different events to celebrate the power of poetry to enact change and the power of free speech, which of course we're all about here at Mutiny Radio. And um, so I wanted to invite you all uh, to the 11th annual Poems Under the Dome, which takes place inside the beautiful Beaux-Arts halls of San Francisco City Hall right there at Civic Center, that that glistening golden dome. Um, All those years ago, 11 and change, Diamond Dave, who of course will be in here next for the Common Thread Collective, where we'll be, have the door open for you. Um, He was sitting up at Alamo Square, looking down at the freshly gilded dome of City Hall, saying, oh, what a great place for poetry. And, uh, you know, wrangled some community members together and approached the Board of Supervisors, specifically Aaron Peskin, um, and uh, got Poems Under the Dome started. It's, we, we consider it the mother of all open mics. So this year, the 11th annual is happening on Thursday, April 28th, Thursday, April 28th, at 5.30 until 8 p.m. sharp. We got to be out of there at 8, folks. Um, but uh, I, I do recommend that you come a little bit before 5.30, um, maybe 5 o'clock, maybe 5.15, um, because you don't want to miss the opening ceremony, which happens under the rotunda, right there at the base of those famous stairs um, with our, our local um, community elder in the mission here, Jorge Molina, who does a community blessing and uh and blows the conch shell into uh, <laughs> that, that reverberating domed room. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. And then uh, we walk into the North Light Court, and the readings begin promptly at 5.30. Of course, there's always a representation of the youth voice. Um, E.K. Keith, who's a San Francisco Unified School teacher librarian, um, has has been bringing kids to be part of the show um, since she's been organizing it, which is almost this entire time, almost all these 11 years. Um, So the youth voice will be represented. um, And uh, honestly, sometimes the kids are the the showstoppers of the night. Um, So how it works is everybody's welcome. It's a free all ages event. You can uh, roll in and if you'd like to try to read a poem that night, you just go to the back of the room and you put your name in the big green hat and uh, names will be pulled periodically throughout the evening. If your name gets picked, you will get an opportunity to read one poem in three minutes or less. So if you just have a real snappy haiku, that's your contribution. Um, but please, we do ask you to keep, uh, don't bring your epic poems uh, that night. Uh, bring something that can fit into that three-minute um, time frame. Because we want to be able to get as many people up to the microphone as possible. It's a unique event, a civic event, uh, as we engage in the poetic practice of the First Amendment inside the halls of government. And so what better place than San Francisco? So uh, be sure to check out the website, poemdome.net. That's P-O-E-M-D-O-M-E, poemdome.net for the Thursday, April 28th event. Here's a little more music. I'll be right back. Sometimes I just have to stop and answer the phone. This is live radio, everybody. Live radio every Friday here at Mutiny Radio. We actually have tons of live shows. Uh, you know, the DJs come in. Uh, we have about 30, 30 DJs right now or 30 different shows. A large variety of uh, entertaining and thoughtful content. Uh, and we are a group of 
a collective of of volunteer DJs. Uh, we're dues-paying members. We pay the rent and utilities all together. We pitch in, and we do occasionally have some fundraisers. Right now, we are signed up as part of... Um, you can be a... a, a a, con- a contributor to Mutiny Radio, uh, much like you would to a, a public radio station. Um, if you go right now, you can see our campaign on Patreon.com. Don't really like the name of the website, but you know, uh, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, Patreon.com, and you can search for us there, MutinyRadio.fm. Uh, any support would be appreciated, and um, we certainly love being here for the community as a voice, uh, as, as, a, as a platform streaming around the planet on the internet on mutinyradio.fm. So, as I was saying, it is National Poetry Month. And so, I should read you a poem. This poem I wrote uh, March 28th. So it's a kind of a new one. This one's called calendar. They've tried to redefine time by putting it in a straight line and calling it clockwise. Digits in sequence winding and wading down the red line conveniently painted on the pavement. It's an order of artifice, carrying an error of correctness until it becomes questionless. When in fact, it has supplanted actuality. A thousand suns could tell us which way to look for morning, but the subtle and unsettling oversight is the course of the moon, running what would be called counter, but clearly it is the marker, orbit and watcher, seamstress and friend, putting the pattern before us.
Stand up for your rights right here in your neighborhood. You're listening to Women's Magazine on Mutiny Radio. I'm Global Val. I wanted to announce an event coming up. Speaking of standing up for your rights in your neighborhood, we're here in the Mission District of San Francisco. And uh, it's such a dynamic neighborhood, and there's uh, so much going on. Um, I, I can't even really, I mean... What what can I what can I sum up about the mission? There's there's no quite not quite one summary, um, but we do know that the people who live in the mission are very active citizens of San Francisco. Uh, I believe they they stormed and uh, and occupied uh, San Francisco City Hall at least two, uh, at least three occasions in the past calendar year, demanding housing justice and of course demanding justice against police violence. So I wanted to introduce um, or announce an event that's going to happen here uh, in the Mission District. Um, There's going to be a public forum on police violence. That's going to be at the Mission Neighborhood Center, which is at 365 Cap Street. That's 365 Cap near 17th. It is sponsored by SF Vision. And if you want to get in contact with SF Vision, check out SF Vision One. That's S F V I S I O N number one. SF Vision One at gmail.com. And that public forum on police violence is going to be on Friday, April 29th from 5.30 to 8 p.m. Again, that's at the Mission Neighborhood Cultural Center at 365 Cap. Um, so, you know, we, we, are, we, we are concerned and active citizens in San Francisco. Um, the police brutality and police violence and, and killings by police have been just out, out of control across the nation um, and, and certainly has been brought to the forefront of everyone's awareness uh, with the back Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, um, hands up, don't shoot. Uh, movements, um, but we've seen a gross amount uh, of police killings here in San Francisco. Um, Most recently, there was a a homeless man here in the Mission District who was wielding a knife and was shot and killed by police. Um, Of course, we had Alex Nieto, who's a local native of uh, Bernal Hill, who's a who is a security guard, had a taser on his belt eating lunch on Bernal Hill when somebody called in that there was some sort of suspicious uh, Latino man in red, uh, looked like he was carrying a gun, and then had uh, a number of police officers shoot, I think it was, I think it was like 48 times um, from a distance uh, and, and killed him, and he had a taser for his job. Um, the Mario Woods killing uh, has also been huge uh, national news. Uh, he too uh, was a he was a suspect of a stabbing, um, and he had a knife, and the police shot him and killed him. So we see this pattern of shoot to kill. And it's a very disturbing pattern of behavior. And so uh, the, the members of the community here in San Francisco, the mission community especially, um, they'll be meeting to have a public forum on police violence. And I believe their aim is to try to get the police under the control of the public, um, wh- whatever that may look like. I'm not sure, but if you'd like to join the conversation, they'll be there at the Mission Neighborhood Center, 365 CAP on Friday, April 29th, 5.30 to 8 p.m. So we're going to continue to stand up for human rights. And we can't be afraid. Sometimes you got to stir it up. Thank you. 
Speaking of stirring things up, um, last time I checked, I believe we live in a democracy. Mm, Some people might argue against that these days. However, in the function of democracy, bills get introduced by representatives. And we're talking, now I'm going to talk a little bit about the United States Congress. Of course, we have the House of Representatives with 535 members, and we have the U.S. Senate with 50 members, two from each state. So in the House of Representatives, bills get written and introduced, and occasionally they get pulled up by the Speaker of the House to be heard and to be voted upon, of course, debated quite, quite, quite as well, um, heard debated and voted upon. And there is a House bill that passed um, unanimously through the House of Representatives, um, I believe it was just a few months ago. And the bill is called HR, that's House Resolution 469. And it is called the Strengthening Child Welfare Response to Trafficking Act. A few weeks ago here on Women's Magazine, I spoke to Betty Ann Bovine, who is the executive director of the Bay Area Anti-Trafficking Coalition. We're talking about human trafficking, um, the the movement of people uh, as commodities, essentially, um, or indentured servants, uh, people who uh, could be here in the United States, American citizens um, or international uh, people who get pulled into some sort of crime ring where uh, they think they're coming here to, you know, work in a restaurant. Um, so they pay for their passage and then show up here and end up getting forced into some sort of actual type of slavery um, to try to pay off their their dues to. Uh, to the people who trafficked them here. Um, it is a huge, huge, huge problem in industry. I didn't know um, as much about it before I spoke with uh, Betty Ann Bovine uh, here of the Bay Area Anti-Trafficking Coalition. It is a $150 billion industry worldwide. Huge, huge. Um, so this bill here, this H.R. 469, Strengthening Child Welfare, Welfare Response to Trafficking Act. Um, let me read you. Uh, there's, a, there's a petition on change.org, and you can check it out, too. It says, Take a Stand Against Human Trafficking in the U.S. And here's some of the information uh, presented in the petition. 2.2 million children. 2.2 million children are sold into the sex trade every year. That means over four children per minute. So what are you going to do? You thought slavery was over in America. Think again. Human trafficking, the illegal movement of people, typically for the purposes of forced labor or commercial sexual exploitation, is a $32 billion worldwide industry. So According to this petition, petition, they say $32 billion. According to the Bay Area Anti-Trafficking Coalition, $150 billion. Um, but I believe here in the petition, we're focusing on the sex trade specifically. And it is happening to thousands of people across the United States right now. Many people think this is a third world issue, but it's just not true. The U.S. Department of Justice reports that between 2008 and 2010, 83% of sex trafficking victims found within the U.S. were U.S. citizens. And 40% of those victims were children. Furthermore, the majority, upwards of 85% in some states, of tr- the majority of trafficked children have had contact with the foster care system. Our nation's foster care systems do not have the appropriate resources to address this epidemic. The Strengthening Child Welfare Response to Trafficking Act, H.R. 469, will change this by providing child welfare agencies with training and guidelines for working with youth who have been or are currently victims of trafficking. Please sign our petition urging the Senate to pass this crucial crucial legislation. H.R. 469 would ensure that child welfare agencies have systems in place to properly identify, assess, and document child victims of trafficking. It would provide training for all Child Protective Services workers to appropriately respond to reports of child trafficking and connect child victims to specialized rehabilitation services. 
The bill passed the House unanimously, and it has now been sitting in the Senate for months. We must urge our senators to act now and pass H.R. 469. This issue has been in the shadows for far too long, and the list of victims just grows longer. How can our representatives justify delaying action on it? It is a matter of protecting our children. Please join us in calling on the U.S. Senate to pass H.R. 469, the Strengthening Child Welfare, Welfare Response to Trafficking Act. So again, uh, that's a petition through change.org. Take a stand against human trafficking in the U.S. And if you want to have find more information, uh, if you want to listen to that show, um, that interview I did, it was February 5th. So if you're on mutinyradio.fm or the PCR Collective uh, .org podcasts, uh, Women's Magazine Fridays, 2 to 3 p.m., and click on that index and you will see February 5th. And that's when I spoke with Betty Ann Bovine of the Bay Area Anti-Trafficking Coalition, um, which brings together uh, many, many um, anti-trafficking groups around the Bay Area. Um, and it was a very insightful conversation. Uh, I certainly learned a lot, um, but I think it's a really important issue that, that we can pay attention to in our daily lives. And um, so, yeah, do check that out. And if you suspect human trafficking, um, you can call for information or you can call to report something highly suspicious. There's a, a national hotline for human trafficking, and the number is 1-888-3737-888. So let's keep looking out for everybody. Let's look out for one another. There are things we can do in our daily lives. Problems aren't insurmountable if we all pitch in just a bit. You are listening to Women's Magazine on MutinyRadio.fm. I'm Global Val. And speaking of urging your senators to uh, uh, pass or, or hold hearings or hold a vote, rather, on H.R. 469, you know, you can always contact your senators. Uh, it's easy to find them online um, if you and, and contact their offices. You can give them a call. If you've never called the office of one of your elected representatives, I understand because you think, oh my gosh, who am I going to talk to? I don't know if I know everything about what I'm going to say. Uh, what, do, what do I say? Um, people who, if you, if you were to call their offices, it's a very simple process. Somebody from the office answers the phone. They're very polite. You don't have to have an extensive conversation with them. You just have to tell them that you are a constituent of that elected representative and you're very concerned about child trafficking or um, climate change or um, anything that you're concerned about. And uh, if there's a specific bill like HR 469 that you would like to address, you mention it. So you could say, hi, I'm calling from San Francisco and uh, I'm I'm a concerned citizen. I'd like to uh, let my senator know that I am that I am concerned about child sex trafficking in the United States, and I know that there's a bill HR 469 that has passed through the House of Representatives unanimously, and I would like to uh, support the Senate in in voting on that bill. And the person on the other side of the phone will say, thank you so much for your call. And they'll ask you for your, your zip code, you know, just to make sure you're actually a constituent of that senator um, and you're not, you know, just just bombarding senators across the country. <laughs> you know, they're, they're meant to represent a specific area. So don't be shy. But of course, you can also do these things online. And if you want to know, if you want to sign that petition for this particular uh, issue, check it out, change.org. Yeah. So I just, I just, I just want to continue to encourage people to, to um, 
be civically engaged. Uh, don't tune out, even though it seems like we've got this huge corrupt system, or the system that has been corrupted um, in so many ways, uh, a lot by, by, uh, by money. But, um, you know, as we see this presidential primary season unfold, a lot of issues are coming up um, that we haven't always seen in the mainstream media. Uh, Bernie Sanders is doing a lot of that by talking about the corruption of Wall Street and uh, the deregulation of, of business that has led to these record huge profits um, for large corporations, and then them turning back around, of course, and using that money for political clout. And you know, the Supreme Court voting for the Citizens United case to um, give uh, corporations First Amendment rights, and so you can basically have a blank check for campaign contributions. I mean. It's, it's pretty clear these days, folks, if you didn't tune in and, and, and realize what was happening during Occupy, which oddly enough was almost five years ago, um, I think that the American public has definitely woken up um, and uh, we need to keep engaging and learning more. Um, and uh, of course, a, a lot of people don't like to vote. They think, well, my vote doesn't matter. Well, you know what? It actually does matter. And so I want to encourage everybody, if you're not already registered to vote, to get out there and register to vote. It's a really simple process. If you live in California, you go to the website registertovote.ca.gov, and you'll need a driver's license or a California ID, the last four digits of your social security number, and your birthday. That's it. Um, so the California presidential primary is going to be on June 7th. The last day to register to vote to vote in that primary is May 23rd, just a month away. And to vote in the general election, which is the presidential election, which will be the election of all the local ordinances that are on your local ballot, um, that general election will be Tuesday, November 8th. And the last day to register to vote in the general election is October 24th. Again, if you're in California and you're not registered, go register at registertovote.ca.gov. And if you're in another state, it's real simple to find this information. Um, you might even be able to do it at your local um, post office. So uh, don't hold back. Exercise your right to vote, uh, no matter what you think it may do. Um, because I think it's the apathy and it's when Americans don't show up at the polls that we see disastrous outcomes. And so it's a pretty pathetic uh, reality that only about 30% of, of eligible voters in the United States vote. Um, <clears throat> obviously, no candidate who wins uh, an election of only 30% of the, of the population has any sort of mandate uh, to do what they please. So. Please, Americans, if you're over 18, get out there and vote. Um, and, and there's also a misconception. Um, <clears throat> from what I understand, and I'm not an expert on this, but um, I, I was speaking to someone who's, who's, who's uh, fairly knowledgeable about the prison system. Uh, a lot of people think that ex-felons um, are, are not eligible to vote. Um, but apparently, that law has changed. I... We'll get more information about that, but you can too. So go seek that out. I think we need to um, to kind of like clear out the the smoke screen uh, and uh, make things happen so that people are not disenfranchised when they actually, in fact, have the right to vote. So that's my two cents about voting. Be right back. yourselves from mental slavery none but ourselves can free our mind oh have no fear for atomic energy cause not them cannot stop at the time how long shall they kill our prophets while we stand aside and look yes some say it's 
just a part of it We've got to fulfill the book Won't you help to sing These songs of freedom Cause all I ever had Redemption songs All I ever had Redemption songs These songs of freedom Songs of freedom Songs of Freedom, folks. Obviously, I'm playing Bob Marley today. Duh. Um, <laughs> it's a beautiful day. Um, and reggae music always makes me happy. And I hope it makes you happy, too. And it's also um, can be a very thoughtful genre of music. Uh, not really into the reggae tone so much. You know, it's kind of, I have, okay, so I got I to gotta tell you just this little side note. You know, um, there's a lot of music that's really danceable. You know, like you hear it and you're like, wow, I just want to move. I want to dance. It's great. And then you start listening to the lyrics and you're like, oh, God, that's terrible. I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to support this song with my dance energy. But then you're kind of torn. You're like, oh, what do I do? I want to move. But I also want to like smash this song. Um, so my little trick, being that I'm an international person, I traveled a lot I've gone to lots and lots of different countries where there's music playing and you don't know what they're saying but it sounds great so you dance to it and I always would kind of wonder in those situations I'm like hmm I'm dancing this song and maybe it has some sort of terrible lyrics to it and I don't even know so occasionally if I hear a song in English that makes me want to dance but the lyrics are terrible and negative and dark and offensive sometimes I just like to pretend I don't speak the language because sometimes you just got to dance. All right. I've been running this series here beginning in March here on Women's Magazine. Um, I've been reading from this book called Women Who Changed History, Extraordinary Women. It's a book edited by Catherine M. Edmondson. And, um, and it features uh, little summaries of, of women uh, mostly American women, but also international women as well. So I like to read a couple every week um, just to get people interested in women's history, history, because we often don't get that in school. Um, we don't hear about women who've, who've been integral uh, members of society, and uh, that needs to change. So here we go. Elizabeth Bishop, 1911 to 1979, American poet. In 1938, Bishop settled in Florida with Louise Crane, her lover and classmate from Vassar College. During the next eight years, she wrote North and South, which won the 1946 Houghton Mifflin Literary Fellowship. In 1951, she traveled to Rio de Janeiro, where an acquaintance from New York, Carlota, housed her when she was ill. Bishop happily remained with Lota in Brazil for the next 15 years. Her second book of poetry won the 1955 Pulitzer Prize. In 1967, Lota overdosed on sedatives, and Bishop never regained her happiness. She taught at Harvard from 1970 until her death. She released Geography 3 in 1976 and died in her Boston apartment in 1979. Here's another one for you. Hillary Rodham Clinton, American first lady, lawyer, and children's advocate, and now presidential candidate. Hillary Rodham was born in Chicago and graduated from Wellesley College with honors. At Yale Law School, she edited the Yale Review and met her future husband, Bill Clinton. In 1973, she became a staff attorney for the Children's Defense Fund, and in 1975, she moved to Arkansas, where she and Clinton were married. Rodham Clinton became a partner with the Little Rock Law Firm and continued her career through her husband's ascendance to the Arkansas governor's seat and then to the U.S. presidency. She has been a tireless advocate for bettering the lives of children through political action. Her most recent achievement, as of the writing of this book, is the bestseller, It Takes a Village and Other Lessons Children Teach Us. 
Hillary Clinton. And whatever you may think of her politics, it is nice to see a woman at the forefront of, of, the pre of a presidential campaign in this country. I'm not saying you should vote for her. I'm not saying you shouldn't. But it's nice to, to see that in this country where women have only had the right to vote for 96 years, that a woman could be considered a front runner for the office of the president. That's progress, just as a reality. Here's another one. Harriet Boyd Hawks, Hawes, pardon me, Hawes, H-A-W-E-S, Harriet Hawes, 1871 to 1945, American, American archaeologist. In 1896, Harriet Boyd moved to Greece to study at the American School of Classical Studies. After her graduation in 1900, Boyd went to Crete to do field work. That year, she became the first woman to lead an archaeological dig. Smith College hired Boyd in 1900 as a Greek and archaeology instructor. She took regular trips to Greece, where she led excavations at Gornia. In 1908, she published her findings with the American Exploration Society in a paper still considered a definitive study. She left Smith in 1906, marrying British archaeologist Charles Hawes. In 1919, she began lecturing again. After 16 years at Wellesley College, in 1936, she retired to Virginia with her husband. Oh, let's do one more. Patricia Roberts Harris, 1924 to 1985, American educator and politician. Harris brought a long, distinguished background in law and politics to her many impressive posts. A 1960 graduate of George Washington University Law School, she went on to teach law at Howard University from 1961 to 1969. Wow, what an era to be teaching law. She also concurrently juggled an ambassadorship to Luxembourg from 65 to 67 and an alternate delegate delegacy to the United Nations in 66 and 67. Harris returned to law with a partnership in Washington, D.C. in a Washington, D.C. law firm from 70 to 77. Even as President Carter made her secretary of housing and urban development, she was the first black woman to achieve cabinet rank. Wow, Patricia Roberts Harris. Um, and of course, the, the Housing and Urban Development Agency, HUD, um, is uh, something that we talk about here on Mutiny Radio because, of course, that is a, a, a department of the American bureaucracy that, that has been defunded um, o over the years, uh, whittled away at, and uh, a lot of people blame that, uh, the lack of public housing and affordable housing on the fact that HUD has not been properly funded. So, thank you, Patricia Roberts Harris, um, for being an American educator, politician, and ambassador. All right, we're almost wrapping up here, folks. Uh, you are listening to Women's Magazine on Mutiny Radio. I'm Global Val. And again, if you didn't miss the beginning of the show, um, please come out next Saturday, April 23rd, to um, the Cesar Chavez Day celebration. Uh, which happens on 24th and Bryant and the Earth Day San Francisco celebration, uh, which happens on 22nd Street between Mission and Valencia. Uh, there were the people from both uh, independent uh, festivals are joining together that morning at Dolores Park meeting at 10 a.m. And leaving promptly at 11 a.m. to march to 24th and Bryant. Um, and I'll be there Introducing the speakers at Cesar Chavez Day, starting at 12.15, and then later I'll be cruising over to Earth Day uh, to MC on the main stage. I'm really looking forward to a big, inspiring day, and I hope you are too. You can check out CesarChavezDay.org and um, EarthDayStreetFest.com, and you can find them on Facebook as well. So... National Poetry Month. Oh, and also next Friday, the April April twenty second. Um, I will not be here at Mutiny Radio. You can still tune in and uh, listen to a podcast of Women's Magazine. Um, and for the Common Thread Collective, we're going to have a guest uh, DJ, Roman Reimer, who is the host of the Weekly Review here at Mutiny Radio. The Weekly Review is Fridays uh, from ten to I'm sorry, from noon to two. 
and uh, Roman is really great. And so he's going to be standing in for me next Friday uh, with Diamond Dave. And uh, I hope you still tune in and come down and be part of this community. Uh, play what you got to play. Say what you've got to say. And so I'll say one more thing. Happy National Poetry Month. Uh, and remember, just when your aspirations seem outrageous, that inspiration is contagious. Peace and thank you. I'm Global Val. You're awesome.